<laughs> I did it. You did it. We, st- we started the episode off right. Uh, yeah. I was going to do it for you, but... uh, Man, it's been a while since we've been in this room. How are you doing, Jaren? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. A bunch of things I want to talk about today. Yes, what's up? I'm, um, happy, I'm happy you have that because there's a, not a, cool, a great amount for me, but you know. Yeah, sometimes it's just slow. So I've told you I go through these phases where... I'm just working on so many projects that I don't feel like listening to music. Yeah. But a couple new albums came out that I'm pretty excited about from artists that have a reputation with me. First of all, Moonchild. We've talked about Moonchild before. Came out with their newest record. Yep. I'm such an idiot for forgetting the name of it. I better silence my phone too while I'm at it. But let me just shout out the name real quick just so just so people know. They had that single that I talked about the other time. Uh, is Too Much to Ask, I think is the name of the single. And then Little Ghost. That's the name of the album? Little Ghost. Okay. Interesting. So maybe check that out. My, I didn't get through the whole thing, but to be honest, but my my general review is I wasn't feeling it so much as their first record. doesn't feel as innovative or risk-taking or pushy. Which for they got three. So. Oh, I'm sorry. the The Voyager. The, that's the that's the oh, one the that most I most recent yeah. One. The one that I most know about. Okay. Yeah, the most recent is what I meant. But that record takes a lot of risks. Yeah. I don't think this one does as much. You know how Moonshout have that like real watery kind of narrow pocket that they stay in. Mm-hmm. They really just stick inside of that. Yeah. And she's doing no variation. The singer. Well, maybe they feel like you know if you you found the formula that works, you stick with it. Yeah, I'd never want to hear that ever. No, no, not even <laughs> fucking close. So, so you you like artists to take a risk? I've yeah, I've talked about this before, man. I mean, that's number one, and one of those risks is is trying new things when the new record comes out. I mean, yeah. Jesus, you know. So that's what that's what I think. Good musicians do is they grow, they change, the personalities change. See, um, funny enough, I mean, uh, I got you in the Moonchild, but I haven't listened to the new record. Um, so I got you into them. You you sent me the new single. I don't think that's out. I don't think that's true. I think I knew about them before. I'm pretty sure I got you into them. No, don't try to switch up now. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> now, how, how soon we forget? Yeah. But then you uh you put me on the new single, and I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling it. So because of that, I haven't even really listened to the new record at all. Um, well, I get around to it, but it's all right. More importantly than that, man, there's there's something that I, that's been on my mind. Okay. That I want to talk about something significant. Significant happened record release wise in my personal musical life. Uh oh. One of my biggest band obsessions I've ever had. It's a progressive metal band Tool. Mm-hmm. They released their newest album. Yeah. Did you hear about it? I did. Did you listen to any of it? No, not a Tool guy. Not a tool guy. Not a tool, huh? Not a tool. <laughs> Have you heard, so you haven't heard their previous material? Uh, Try to get into it. Wasn't really feeling it, but. They have EP, four records. Last one was released in 2006, and then they just, 2019, released yeah. their newest one. 13 years, us fans have been waiting anxiously on the collective edges of our collective seats, holding our breath, wondering what 13 years of time will do to probably the greatest metal band of the modern era that sound like that was like a great intro for the album you should be their personal spokesman <laughs> wait till you hear the rest though Aye. okay so ep very promising four albums most people consider those four albums to, they were released within the span of 20 years about mm-hmm. five six al- years in between 
most people who are into Tool consider those four albums to be four unequivocal masterpieces. Yeah. We're talking like the most creative metal band, yeah. I think, ever, to be a thousand percent honest. So as someone who, who hasn't really listened to too much of them, like, give me what's so good about them right now, like, quickly. Well, the the thing that they do, there's a, there's a bunch of things that they do, and one of the most significant to me are they take big risks with the long, elaborate, complicated songwriting. Mm-hmm. It's not just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, hook. It's never like that. It's like long, elaborate, very, very creative hooks, like, and riffs. It sounds like yeah. the riffs have been written by someone with like two fingers that that like are shaped. Like the riffs sound like they've been what? written by aliens. Oh, yeah, wow. pretty much everything is in another time signature. Nothing, uh. rarely anything is four four. It's mostly in other time signatures. Yeah. Not to mention, we're talking four incredible musicians. Mm. Anyway, so as a non-tool fan, um, put me on what you would say like. The best song to get somebody in the tool. Have to listen to The Pot. The, that's the name of the song, The Pot? Dude. Okay. Yeah. You didn't even think about it, so I'm going to definitely check no, it out. No, it's on my list, man. It's on my list of one of the most, inf- it's one of my most influential, like, metal songs if we're talking metal. Okay. We're, man. Yeah, really, really, really incredible stuff. I'm talking them big because I don't, I'm not such a tool guy, like, as of recent, but there's just. a tool. I'm, you know, <laughs> but there was a time in like high school, man, where I was just fucking beyond obsessed with them. Yeah. And I was, and I was one of the many, like millions of people that got so into the music and picked it apart and analyzed every little bit and listened to the records hundreds of times. I have all of the physical CDs. Like that's how insane. And I'm like young too. CDs weren't even in style when I was doing that. Yeah, definitely. So I was obsessed, obsessed. Okay. Well, I'm going to check them out because, like, I definitely need, like, some... It's probably not... Well, it is new. They just came out with a new album, like, some new rock in my life. Um, yeah, but the good... The stuff that I need you to listen to of them is not new. You no. need to listen to the 2006 album, 10,000 Days. That's well, it'll be new for me. And, um, like I said, I need new rock. Um, I just feel like at this point, 2019 and, you know, the last few years, like, rock has pretty much been gone. Like, So let me... Let me back that up yeah. with how I'm going to finish this Tool story. The new album is fucking sucks it's no good yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not it's it doesn't live up even close to any of the th- things i just described for the past like five minutes it's not as it's not good what's so bad about it well it doesn't it has about 20 percent of the creativity it takes about 10 percent of the risks that yeah. the other albums did it copies the formulas that they had set up it sounds uninspired Riffs aren't powerful. The songs aren't moving. The lyrics aren't deep and intricate and complicated. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're, they, they, they had lost. Somewhere along those 13 years, they lost it. Musicianship is still pretty great, but, man, the songwriting is just, is just not there at all, you know? Yeah. It's just not, it's not taking those huge risks and... Kind of just phoned it in, huh? Just, they just phoned it in. And it's, I think they were one of the people like pushing rock they're very influential a lot of people took a lot of what they did and ran with it mm-hmm. they're responsible for like the post-rock movement a lot of modern progressive rock every modern progressive rock person knows tool like period and they were one of the best metal bands to come out of the last 30 years mm-hmm. no question and they're they suck now man they're old you know no one to take their place and no one to, no one to take that spot of like king of 
innovation in prog metal. It sucks when you like have to see your heroes kind of like reduced to, you know, just uh, average pretty much. Yeah, it's it's. I wish I had never even listened to it. Yeah. I would have rather not listened to it and just wondered for the rest of my life. That maybe that's an exaggeration because I have to tell you lovely people about how bad the record is. But. I I remember, I remember the first time, um, like after in like a high school, I was a huge Lil Wayne fan. Um, when he started releasing like albums that I didn't like, I was like, ah. Oh. And ever since then, it's kind of been hit and miss since then. So I, I feel yeah. your pain. I mean, I thought Carter Five was pretty good. Yeah, like hit and miss. But um, after Carter Three, he went to do. He tried to do rock for a minute. The rebirth. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then ever since then, it's kind of been you know a, a roller coaster. It's, well, I want to staying within this rock argument, right? The idea of rock is dead. I have the exact same story about Queens of the Stone Age. I was a big, big fan, and their last album was mediocre. So it's like the incumbents that are ruling the innovation are all kind of done. Yeah. I think metal is for sure dead. I think rock is dead. That's my argument. I'd agree. It might know, be I say a, that all the time. When do you think rock died? Uh, probably when Lil Wayne killed it, trying to make that album. But yeah. not really. Um, honestly, probably really around that time. What know, year was that? Like 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. I don't know. What's good? What good early 2000s rock came out? Uh, well, stuff that I liked. Um, Green Day and Weezer, maybe. Yeah, Green Day, Weezer. Uh, Fall Out Boy has some good stuff. Um, I really like 30 Seconds to Mars stuff, their first two albums. Incubus was at the height of their power. Here's the thing. It's it's like I would I would give you credit to all those bands, but they're not. none of those people are necessarily innovators. You know? so. I, I think Incubus definitely is. You think so? Yeah, definitely. What what post Incubus bands can you think of that are like ah oh, like Incubus contributed to your sound in a big way? Just because nobody necessarily follows you, or maybe I don't hear the influence enough, doesn't mean you're not innovative. That's a good point. That's a super good point. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the way they blend genres and they were always kind of coming up with something new for for a while there. Um, and they they had this thing where they would kind of blend like politics and stuff like that into their lyrics. So I think that was pretty dope too, especially when Bush was in office. Right. Um, so yeah, I'd say they were pretty innovative. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, probably not innovative, but I honestly think they don't get enough credit for just making pretty good rock. Sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people get turned off by like the very produced thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, you're losing some of that rock sensibility. It's like that's I think that's a main reason why so many people dislike modern Green Day. It's like what are these Man. big round fluffy guitars? Honestly, and- my thing with Green Days, I just don't think they make it's an, it's always the same formula, you know? Oh, hundred percent. Deviate much from that. Yeah, hundred percent. And honestly, Billy Joe's not the best singer. Not the best <laughs> singer in the world. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. I think he gets the job done, man. I mean, he's, he's punk. Yeah, you know? they do. But I feel like they make songs that like you teaching guitar one in you know tenth grade. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, even though, you know, I, I love Green Day. They're, they're cool, you know. They put on for the Bay, but not the most innovative guy. That's all I'm going to say. So I, my, the main consideration that I have is when is the death of rock is whether it's, like, changing, mm-hmm. you know. Because you can, you can think of, like, 83 to 85, there were differences in that, what kind of stuff you were able to hear. I got to back up one more time and, like, put one band that I think definitely was innovative uh, as far as rock goes in the 2000s, uh, Radiohead. For sure. Was there ever a more It's weird. I don't band? think of them as a rock band, you know? Yeah, because they kind of morph so much, it's kind of hard to peg them as something. But, yeah. you know, I definitely think they're rock. 
if you had to, you know, put a, a genre on them. So rock was in the early 2000s doing this, like, I don't know. It was, I, I would you be okay with calling Fall Out Boy and 30 Seconds to Mars like pop rock? Definitely. To some extent. Maybe not 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, maybe the, some, some of it, like their second album, but you got to check out their first album. It's actually kind of like, you would like it, I think. It's progressive uh, in a way. That people, the Prague people are real sensitive about throwing that word. Yeah, <laughs> well, fight me. <laughs> anyway, but now I actually think he would, would kind of dig some of it. Check it out. I'll check it out, man. Yeah, it's just titled Thirty Seconds to Mars." I'll check it out. I'll bump it at some point. Cool. Slap it in the, in the car. <laughs> Slap it in the car, huh? So what? What comes after that, though? What comes after that pop rock thing? Who? 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 Who takes the torch? Who? Who alters it into shitty, a new form? Uh, shitty electronica rock bands like Twenty uh, One Pilots or Man, that's Gun, not the hell they like are. rock, though. You know, yeah, that's what that's I mean. That's like a pop band that's taking rock influence. I would yeah. say the same in nineteen seventy five. They're not a rock band. They suck too. Um, okay. Uh, so <laughs> it's like I think a genre can die and the influence can still hang out. Yeah, the influence is definitely there. Like, look at guys like Travis Scott. Like his whole vibe is like rock. You know, if like you go to his concerts, they're moshing. Yeah, and the musical content too. I want to sh- shout out Mike Dean. He's like a guitarist producer. I think he's responsible for a lot of the engineering and producing on the stuff that has that. Rock sound, yeah. shout out Mike Dean, yeah, brilliant genius. So the essence of rock, I would say, is still much, very much alive, but rock itself, sound wise, is kind of gone. So do you think you could pin down the year of when it stopped changing? I mean, it was, I don't know, was it just was it two thousand five, two thousand six, when those bands were kind of like not in their early stages anymore? Or? Like I said, prop for me, I'd say a little later, maybe even as early as two thousand seven. I think what happened was. I don't know if you remember about 2007, a lot of like rappers start trying to like use a lot of rock type shit in their, in their music. Like there was a song party, like a rock star. And then, like I said, Lil Wayne tried to go rock. Um, you know, just a lot of rappers and R and B stars was like, Oh, we're going to do this whole rock star thing. And that kind of took right. some of the, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think that has something to do with I it. I think something too is like a lot of the people that would be metalheads today are listening to trap. I think trap has taken yeah. the torch as far as like how you express that kind of energy. Yeah, definitely. They're just talking about like killing people and shit. Some yeah. of those records, it's like, well, you know, you're getting your energy out over different types of drums than you were, you yeah. know, 20 years ago. I mean, it's still very much, you know, energetic um, music, like you know, hard rock and metal is, but you know, a lot more bass now, and you know, instead of screaming out your lungs, you rap in. Right, kind of a little more melody. It's taking a different aesthetic. I think it's the same energy, you know, but it's taking a different or similar energy. It's taking a different aesthetic. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I really want somebody to just come back out and make rock a thing again. Like I want to hear rock on the radio. I want to turn on MTV, even though I don't really show videos that much. Like when they do, I want to see like good new rock videos. You know? Yeah. I I think I do as long as it's good, man. As long as it's something that's different than like. Man, rock had a good run, you know? We got a lot of huge, yeah. huge, huge variety of stuff for, like, 50 years. Yeah. And that's, like, man, I, I, I hope people can push it, you know? Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see what people come up with. I mean, it'll come back at some point. Um, Everything that dies comes back, you know? Well, I think everything that dies, the influence probably comes back. I don't know if rock 
per se is going to come back. I, I don't know. How, like, how can it not? Like, you know what I mean? I just think it's something, again, it's my argument with the, with Trap. Like, I think something else has energetically taken its place. Trap? Yeah. Trap is still around. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Trap has taken the place oh, of heavy okay. metal. Gotcha. Same with Same with, you know, who do we put in the place of rock stars it's like rappers now yeah, travis scott yeah playboy cardi people that get a crowd super amped a bunch of kids yeah, yeah, super amped thug. up and then they're like people that we idolize you know yeah, definitely or not we but you know one i feel it well we've concluded it here folks audio files podcast rock is dead <laughs> not that we bring it back not that we know what we're talking about but i have fun doing it yeah i'm having fun doing it Back in a second. Mm. Hey, welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So you were just saying something to me off air, Jerry. That's something. You were just saying something to me too. <laughs> All right, so that's how you're gonna do, huh, Josh? Yeah, man, putting you on the spot. So, uh, being that rock is dead, yes, sir. When would you say was the best era in rock? Wow, that's actually a. You know what? We probably should have just done an episode about that. That's a super good question. Uh, the Put best me on the spot. Best era. Yeah, best era. Uh, best era for what? Best era for 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 creativity or best era for like what when the, the essence of music? rock. Like, what was the best music? Oh my god! Whether, whether that's creative or not. Well, I'd say the best era creatively for rock. Was probably the '60s. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. Any, whatever. I was like, whatever decade the Beatles were in, he's gonna say. No, man, I'm taking into account Frank Zappa, Jimmy, okay, and Led Zeppelin, okay, and Black Sabbath. But Led Zeppelin was more '70s. Yeah, but they were '68. They did their first record, right? Yeah, '68, '69. They had a few. I'm taking into account the Stones. I mean, the Stones invented punk for the for all intents and purposes. Rolling. Yeah. Well, all right. You don't think so? They uh, were doing a super countercultural thing. They were mad. They didn't play their instruments live very well. They were trying to be the Beatles. Uh, sometimes they were, but they had a different energy. Like, the Beatles were a pop band, in yeah, my opinion. definitely. So you said the best era in rock. Yeah, but, so man, I mean, the they, were still, they were still, like, inventing rock, you know, at the yeah, time. for sure. Led Zeppelin and, you know, all of the other, the nouns you know that came out of the 60s we still remember the beach boys hot take i think led zeppelin is probably the best rock band of all time that depends on what you're judging them by like you see if you use the word rock as the judgment it's like do they embody the idea of like red-blooded aggressive definitely probably the best of all time yeah but even mu musically like listen have you listened to i've listened to this stuff but there's other man. there's other things that other people do better than them but rock, rock like as just a representation of the genre, probably not. If I was putting somebody on to rock, I'd put them, I'd give them a leads up. And right yeah, here. for sure. But I also feel like that's because they cover so many bases within rock. You know what I mean? They got just straight up hard rock. They got some metal in there. They got funk rock. They got a lot of uh, blues in there. That's true. Some soul. That's a good point. So it's kind of like you just throw somebody Led Zeppelin. They're gonna find something in there that they like. Same with the Beatles. Know, I don't even know if that's that hot of a take. I think that's a I think that's a good call. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, 
Are we going to wrap ourselves into the Beale versus Stones debate at some point? Uh, yeah, but I got to get a little more into the Stones to, you know. Yeah, me too. Have that debate. Me too. I wonder why I that is. Maybe say that's because the they're not as good. I want to say the Stones just to be devil's advocate. You know what I mean? They don't. But, what's that song that they have? Uh, Sympathy for the Devil? Yeah, hey, that's that's a banger right there. Yeah, man, that was a one. That is a banger. That was a banger. Um, but I will say this. like Just seeing the clips I've seen from both bands, I'd much rather go to a Rolling Stones concert than a Beatles concert. Beatles look like they just standing up there, man, reading off a teleprompter, happy, reading smiling. Reading off a teleprompter. You know? Well, it's like they were a pop band. Like a, if you wanted to go to a rock show, you'd for sure go to see the Stones. The energy is totally different. Yeah. You're not like a young girl in the 60s, you know, screaming. I'm not. Because it's a boy band. Not that I know of, man. I mean, I don't judge. <laughs> Listen, Jaron, I got to, dude, I got to ask you something, man. I've been thinking about this this whole podcast. What's up? But you got this denim jacket on. Yeah. And it's got like white spots all over. Don't be telling people what I got on. Man, and it's like the, near the collars too. It looks like somebody dripped bleach or something and it like, yeah. it like messed up the color in a few spots. We'll get back to music in a second. I just. It's a funny story about this. So I actually uh, won this. Uh, this is actually kind of a famous jacket. I actually won this at auction. Um. Can you guess who's, who's, what famous rocker's jacket this is? Was it Prince's jacket? No, I, I wish. Um, Kurt Cobain. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like he wore that? Yes, this was Kurt's jacket. You're fucking lying to me. Bro, go look, go look up the, uh, the back of the Bleach album. That's insane. I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm totally oh messing God, with you. Oh my God, you're such an asshole. Yes, got him. I'm so frustrated. You saw me reach for the mouse. Look for it got him. I'm cutting this all out in post. <laughs> that shit. Nah, sick. leave that in there. <laughs> Damn. What an idiot. Oh, uh, sorry to cut you. What was your question about the jacket? I fucking forgot, man. Just derailed the you whole had thing. The, huh? You man, from the get go, you had oh funny story actually. Man, Jared. <laughs> My whole vibe. Oh man, it's all good, Josh. All right. I had to get you. All right, getting back on track. I don't think I can. I think I'm. No. I think you fucked up the. I'm sure you were gonna say something about grunge, though, considering the jacket. Yeah, I mean that was a good call. Going for a grunge dude wore this yeah. jacket. Man, you with the I wish Prince, so it was like not the most ideal situation. Come on now, because you see Prince wearing this. I did. I don't. I mean, he wore a lot of outfits. Yeah, but this ain't you know. Cool enough or flashy enough. I guess my question is, did it come with, like, the white splotches as part of the... Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Why did it like this? Yeah, that's was Kurt, like, spilling literal bleach. bleach. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, and then I tied the bleach out into it. That was incredible. That was... I am a comedic you, genius. You came and you told me, like, I'm really tired today. I don't know what I'm going to be able to... Out here, sharp as a tack, man. <laughs> hey, when the mic comes on, I come alive, bro. Sure, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the argument... When Kurt died, like Kurt, like Rock died with him. I have, but I, I disagree with that argument. Just because there's other innovative stuff afterwards. Definitely. Um, like, what other rock bands came after? You name you name some of the bands. I think Lane Staley died after Kirk. So yeah, he I did first, yeah. on the same day, like three years later or something. That's like that, which is crazy. crazy. Yeah, April fifth is just like a shitty. He's like day. eighty pounds when they found him. Yeah, poor guy. So okay, we got into this whole grunge thing now. Who would you say? Let's the big four of grunge. Like, do you know who the big four are? Could you name? Them? Uh, I would guess Nirvana, Alice in Chains, yeah. Pearl Jam, and uh, come on, don't mess this one up. Don't what? Don't mess this one up. 
Soundgarden? Yeah. I was going to say either Soundgarden or Audio Slave, but probably Soundgarden, right? Definitely couldn't be. Well, Audio Audio Slave is like an offshoot of Soundgarden, right? Yeah, because right. Chris Cornell, but they're not even really necessarily grunge to an extent. Um, but yeah, that's the big four. Who would you say is the like the best, the most talented out of those four? We, we talked. Oh, about you're gonna you gonna say? Yeah, Alice we talked Chain. about this before, man. Okay. Yeah. See, I'd probably go with Soundgarden. That's crazy. I thought you would say Nirvana for sure. Uh, I don't. You're wearing his jacket and everything. May, you know, may, I probably Nirvana. I don't know. It, it really depends. Like I just feel like. Chris Cornell was such a great vocalist and a lyricist that that's what's taking them over the top. Um, but I do feel like Nirvana made great pop songs that weren't pop at all. I don't think they made pop songs. That they were pop, but they weren't. That's the thing. Like I don't think they look at the structure and the melody and like yeah. But a lot of rock is in that verse, chorus, verse, chorus without necessarily yeah. without having a lot of the pop criteria. Okay, this is the thing. Like, look at the chords like of the songs though. It's like. That's pop stuff. It's just amped up in like a a rock way. Ah, dude, I think I disagree with you here, man. What's what's the what's Nirvana's poppiest song? Uh, about a girl. About a girl. I don't even know. That's off in in utero, right? Bleach. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. What's another? Uh, yeah. Name something off. Never mind. Drain you. Drain you is a heavy song, but it's very poppy at the same time. Like it's you. You can't tell me you like you can't see people singing to that. I can see people singing to that, but that doesn't make it pop. That remains memorable rock. Yeah, but it's still got that poppy quality. It's so dark. It's too thick and heavy. And nah. So this I'm, is I'm, this is the debate now. Is Nirvana I'm, pop? Yeah, I'm going through the chord changes in my head, and I'm like, it's this is gritty stuff. Here's my here's how I define pop. Right, I think we've talked about this before, yeah. but it's it's pop is intended to just get you off. Like, whoa. Yeah, I mean it's. Okay, Josh. Okay, listen. That's what you listen up to, rock. <laughs> I gotta. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, but but it's late. I'm tired too. But let me try to follow through on this on this one. Oh, this gonna take a while. There's the audience, <laughs> and there's the songwriter, right? Uh huh. A a band like Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan literally has said, like, this is for me, and you're welcome to come and watch mm -hmm. me write these songs that are expressing myself. Let's take, let's take a really inaccessible band like Swans or or what's a what's a super gritty dark inaccessible band that you can think Massive of? Massive Attack. Yeah. Um, these guys are are expressing themselves. They're putting down the material that they think sounds right, and then you're welcome to come and listen and buy the records if you want. Mm -hmm. Pop the intention. It's directed at the audience. Definitely. It's like let me, like appeal to your hardwired sensibilities about music in your brain but i do feel like nirvana they might have wanted to make you think oh we're not pop we're not accessible but they were pretty pop like i would it's it, it has some accessibility to it but i won't believe for a second that kurt's songwriting sensibility had anything to do with the pop description that i just wrote he was doing him and he was like he didn't even care about his lyrics too he just wrote down the words that he thought sounded nice he wasn't even trying to write hooks necessarily or anything. Okay, I feel like anybody that's into the Beatles to the extent that he was into the Beatles and like follows them as like, you know, one of your like main influences on writing music is going to be pretty poppy and know know that they're being well. Poppy. Some, I mean, I'm not saying that there's no pop in there. There's some pop elements for sure, and some of the some of the song structures. But I just think there's too high of a ratio of 
I'm going to get my like punk energy out and too small of a percent of like, what can I make that will appeal to my audience? Like that's was Kurt's whole thing is he just, he, he just had all this don't give a fuck energy. He's just making his material, you know? Yeah. And I just, I, and then I, I just think that the musical sensibilities are so punk that it's, I don't know. I mean, I won't say that there's no pop in there, you know? It's like, yeah, I hear the Beatles influence, but, but to, they're, man, that's way more, way more about them just doing their energy, you know, than about them writing pop songs, for sure. Uh, I guess you're right, but I still think that there was a lot of pop in there more than people would really recognize. I think because, I think the, the aesthetic of it helps it fly under the radar, right? Yeah. It's like you, you, a lot of people wouldn't know that Green Day is just a straight-up pop band, except the guitars are distorted, right? Yeah, like those are those are campfire songs. They wear all black, and you know they kind of got this. Sure, and they distorted. They look. distorted the guitars. Sometimes it's as easy as that. Yeah. And know? then you know you got uh, Kurt uh, destroying guitars after the performance and stuff. So yeah, gritty. So okay, who? Back to the question: Who out of the big four? You you said Allison Chains. Yeah, I think I think Allison Chains is the best. Honestly, for like within that argument, there's really not a wrong answer unless you're taking Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, there's no wrong answer unless your answer is Pearl Jam for sure. Um, but what's crazy is people. I feel like most people will probably say Pearl Jam that are really into grunge. I don't know. I I think people that are into grunge at a more surface level. I would probably say Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is weirdly like stuck around too. Like there's a lot of people yeah, that, out that's that are why, still listening though, to this stuff because they stuck around the longest because nobody fucking died from from their band. Man, so they were able to just you know. My I would argue that not only did did Alice in Chains write the best music in their first three albums, I also think and their EP, which was amazing by the way. Listen to Rotten Apple if you haven't listened to Rotten Apple yet. I would say not only not Rotten Apple, Jar of Flies. Rotten Apple's one of the songs. Listen, Jar of Flies by that's my recommendation of the week. P- pure and Jar simple. Jar of Flies. Jar of Flies. It's an EP. It's a short listen. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, not only are they the most creative band and have the best songs, I think they most embodied the the spirit of grunge. Like their last album, self titled, was just all the songs were just Lane Staley singing about how like he was dying of heroin. Just right, he was just writing that. There was no metaphor. There was mm-hmm. no nothing. It was just about how he was dying of heroin. The whole album is super slow. Sounds super heavy. Sludgy. It's incredibly. It's one of the heaviest albums, I think, of all time. And it's not even as heavy as a lot of metal stuff sonically, yeah. but conceptually, tonally, it's, man, that is such a mood. And I, I think that embodies grunge better than anyone else. Just like, let me get out all this angst. I'd have to, uh, like I said, I'd have to disagree with Alice in Chains, but I don't think that's a, a bad answer at all. I love Alice in Chains. Um, they just happen to be probably third on my list. That's crazy. Actually, maybe, I don't know, maybe second. Like, I know I said Soundgarden, but that's just because, like, I think Chris Cornell is amazing. Chris Cornell is amazing, but I don't think the songs are really there as much as they are for Nirvana and Alice in Chains, and I'm taking as big of risks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just feel like out of the whole whatever, those four bands, I think he's the most talented on any scale, personally. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think we'll probably talk about that at some point. Lane Staley and Chris Cornell. Oh, Chris Cornell is whooping Lane's ass. No, no way, man. He definitely is. No way. Like I said, bro, I said this before. I might have said it on record, but it's, he literally sounds like uh, Steven Tyler mixed with James Brown. 
I mean, it's I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I just I know where I hear the emotion, you know. Yeah, I feel it. All right, so um, you go. Well, I just want to say this too. I wish we should petition to like you know for the, we got the big four grunge, Allison Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. We should petition to take out Pearl Jam and switch them with the Smashing Pumpkins. That's an incredibly good take. When you you would agree? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, we should Today's start that. Wow, you yeah, you nailed that. Um, I, for sure. For any Pearl Jam fans out there, don't hate us. Um, they're listen, they're good. Go they're hang not... out with the Taylor Swift fans that listen to our oh, show. Oh man, he said that, not me. <laughs> 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 no, they've got some good stuff, man. They've they definitely do. Uh, Jeremy, uh, alive. Probably don't know, I'm best. sure they're good. Wow, this man don't even know the songs. Well, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, you having fun doing it? Uh, yeah, I had fun doing it. I am too. But let me get out my recommendation before uh, we get out of here. So you went with grunge, um, considering what we were talking about. I'm going to stay with that rock vibe. I'm going to go Led Zeppelin 3. Um, probably contains my favorite Led Zeppelin song of all time on there, Since I've Been Loving You. Great so, record. Um, yeah, check that out. That's my recommendation for the week. Led Jar Zeppelin flies. 3. Yeah, Jar of Flies, Led Zeppelin 3. Go check them out. And we will uh, chat with you next week. Take it easy. Peace.